Hello folks and welcome to another episode of On My Mind. I'm Shelley Griffith and today I'm pleased to have a friend of mine, Donnie Mayfield, the athletic director at Tennessee Wesleyan University to join us to talk about a number of things, athletic and otherwise. Donnie, it's good to have you today. Dr. Griffith, appreciate you asking me to come over and join you. Start out like I do with most of my guests. Give us a little background on yourself, such as where you were born and raised, little family, things like that. Don't hold it against me here in Tennessee, but I am a Georgia boy. I was born and raised in Concord, Georgia, which is in Pike County. It's about an hour south of Atlanta. Uh, so that is where my side of the family resides still. Um, I grew up uh, there, graduated from high school in 1992 uh, from Pike County High, proud uh, pirate there. And uh, from there, uh, went on over to uh, Gordon College, which is in Barnesville, Georgia, for two years of junior college before I moved on down to Valdosta, went to Valdosta State University for three years, graduated there in 1997, and once again, don't hold it against me, Shelley, but went to the University of Kentucky for grad school before graduating there in 1999 and ending up here in Athens, Tennessee, of all places, to join uh, the faculty and staff at Tennessee Wesleyan. Now, what year, Donnie, did you get here? I started here in August of 1999. Okay, so right after Kentucky. Right after I got out of grad school. UK, my daughter and her husband both went to the other Lexington school, Transylvania. Mm -hmm. and They always referred to it as that smaller liberal arts school, but UK, and I pull for them a lot when they're not dealing with UT, obviously, but... And nobody's going to hold that against you. We're just tickled <laughs> to have you here for this length of time. 24 years. That's awesome, Donnie. Now, what brought you into your career itself as you got the grad program, brought you into the field, if you will, that's ever-expanding in sports management, et cetera, and becoming an athletic director, finally? Yeah. Growing up, sports dictated my life. From a young age, all I can remember is just wanting to be part of something in, in athletics. And as I was looking for a career path in athletics, I met with one of my high school teachers and just discussing what's out there. And she opened up the world of athletic training to me. Okay, as I was graduating, I thought, that sounds like a great path. I can still be involved in athletics but in a different way. Through research, I found a, a sports medicine program at Valdosta State, and, and that's where I started. I started working my way through uh, athletic training, and that's what led me to UK was that path as well. So as I graduated and looking for a place to perform athletic training services, wanted to stay close to the family, and of course, you got to search. you got to look around, and at that time in the late 90s, there was an overpopulation of athletic trainers, so it wasn't many jobs out there. And I sent my resume here, and I got a call from Stan Harrison and Paul Renault to come down and interview for the job. Came in one, one afternoon, and I think by the time I got back 
they had called me and offered me the job. Mm. So that's where I got started. I came here and I worked for eight years as an athletic trainer. The first seven, I was by myself covering 13, 15 sports. And I think when you do that, when you're working in that environment and not only are you doing some medical things, but you're also doing a lot of administrative work. And fortunately for, for me, I was in the right place at the right time. Stan got a promotion here on campus and he came to me one December day and asked if I'd be willing to move into this role. And, and I was excited about that opportunity. I had not envisioned being an athletic director, right? That was not part of my career path. But he asked if I'd be willing to, to do that. And I jumped at the opportunity. And, and then that summer of 07 is when I started in this field. And the great thing for me is I wasn't, I wasn't there by myself. I had, I had Stan as a mentor to help guide me through uh, the first few years. I befriended some colleagues in the conference that I could call on and ask questions. And uh, Darren Wilson, who's the athletic director now at Georgia Gwinnett, he was one of those guys that I went to early on in my career. He was at Union College at that time. So he was someone that I could rely on to talk to and bounce ideas off of. I just think I had some great mentors out there that helped lead me through, through being an athletic director uh, at a small college. I'm so 16 years in now as AD, is that sound? 16, 17, 17, I think I'm in year 17 wow. now. it's awesome. I remember, Donnie, as an aside, being on the board here, and we had no athletic trainer at the time, Hired, and, and you know the history better than I do, but I believe the first one was a young man, and he wound up, if I'm not mistaken, going to Texas Tech. And we talked to him about actually going into the medical field. He was so well trained in what he did. And then through the years, like you say, you getting that length of time, and we would work as closely as we could with the, with the trainers. And then taught here as an adjunct for a little while in the biology area. I remember at springtime when the baseball teams came in, and I had a number of the baseball team as students in my classes, and it was hilarious. They got signed excuses because the baseball team, as you know better than I, they just traveled. Mm -hmm. And we'd say, guys, what are we going to do about your grades? We'll be fine. And they were. They were just a bright <laughs> bunch of guys. And they, they did a great job. Passed with no problems. B grades, A grades. Mm -hmm. But uh, yes, that's such a thing. Now, as an AD, take our listeners through a, a typical day in the life of Donnie Mayfield. Just getting up, you've got the full scope of these teams, and we're going to talk about in a second mm -hmm. the numbers. But... What, what's your day like as an AD? <laughs> I get asked that question often. And as a small college athletic director, every day is different. You, cut, you, you think you have a plan of how you want to attack the day, and then all of a sudden you get a phone call or an email, and it just throws you off, right? So there's not a, just a set day that, that we have. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of communication through, most of it right now, of course, is through messaging or email with different individuals contacting you. 
game days will always make things a lot different if you've got one or multiple games going on that day. Uh, game management for us, because we're a small department, so there's only three of us that can really tackle the game management side of things. So like today, we have doubleheader basketball tonight. We have uh, one individual on our staff that kind of oversees making sure that everything's covered that you have to provide uh, for a home contest. And uh, so that'll take most of our afternoon, making sure that we've got everything going on for tonight's game. But uh, it's a lot of oversight, a lot of budget oversight, making sure that the coaches are staying on task. And for me, when I hire a coach and I tell them, I say, listen, I'm not going to stand over your shoulder. I want you to go out and do your job. I got plenty of things I need to do. I don't need to sit here and micromanage your aspect of the job. So I, tr- I put a lot of trust into, uh, into our staff to make sure that they are getting the job done. I, and my door's always open to them if they have questions. And most of their questions are centered around rules. Because we have our we have our conference policy, we have our our national policy, and then of course we got to do things the way Tennessee Wesleyan wants us to do it, right? A lot of that is, is rules oversight, making sure that we're doing the right things there, and rules are ever changing, ever changing. So trying to stay on top of those changes as we make those every spring, and they tend to go into effect throughout the summer, the following August. That's always something that that you have to keep in the back of your mind that we're following the rules. Our day typically anywhere from, just depends on what time we leave the day before, right? 8.39 to start to start that process out, and we're leaving here just like any other individual around here, typically 5, 5.30. But if you got game days, it could extend on into, into the night, right? And we're not just Monday through Friday. It can be seven days a week, but the fall tends to be a little lighter. We don't have football, so that helps us out. But as we get into the spring, once we get to February and we got pretty much every sport at that time from winter and spring participating, we're here quite often. Sometimes I tell people it's like we're tethered uh, to Tennessee Wesleyan. We can't get too far mm-hmm. away from it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but it's, the job itself is there's days where you love it and there's days where you ask yourself, what am I doing? Just like any other career that you would choose, right? But, uh, but there's more of those days that you actually you love what you do, right? Yeah. Tell me and the listeners, darling, uh, what division are we now? We're- so we're NAIA. That's, that's the organization that we participate in where our championships are held. There's only one division in NAIA. So we're all equal across the board in our scholarships. And sport offerings can differ from school to school, but, but we're one level at the NAI. Okay. And our teams, share with our listeners for their sake, the number of teams and maybe total athletes on these teams at Westland yeah. now? Yeah, so we offer 20 programs, 19 this year active. We, we've got eSports on the, we've got it on the back burner at the moment as we make some changes with that program. But, uh, but we have 19 going. We have over 400 student athletes here on campus. Every team's different in size. We go from soccer's are carrying around 50 student athletes to you get down to bowling and tennis, golf, where it's 13, 15 student athletes on those teams. So every team's set up differently in terms of size. There's only so many places where you can actually get out there and participate, right? So with some of our teams are also 
using development teams, JV teams, mm. to get the students out there to participate and to try to continue to, to develop their skills to see if they can move into the varsity realms. Yeah. But we got so you got several student athletes here on campus that participate from the fall to the spring. August to May is our athletic year here on our campus. And correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't see as many dual athletes as we used to. Somebody's playing baseball, basketball, et cetera. Yeah, Um, we've had those, but it's it's a rare occurrence now to have those dual sport athletes. We had one last year in bas- women's basketball and softball. We've had some women's soccer, women's tennis players that are dual athletes, but it's a rare occurrence now. When I first started, we had several dual sport athletes, but, um, but I think as the requirements of what you're looking for has grown, that's decreased. And then you're seeing so many young athletes now that specialize in a sport. It's not like when we were growing up where you were playing a variety of sports, right? Now you're seeing so many of these students that are just setting for one sport, and they're playing that year-round. So especially basketball, soccer, baseball, softball, volleyball, you're seeing those kids just pick that sport and play with it. Football's a little different. You can't. That's one of those sports where you just can't do it, right? You can't do a year-round participation, so... But for us, not having that, we don't get the benefits of that dual sport athlete. But yeah, it's, it's a rare thing now to have a dual sport athlete uh, on our campus. Well, and and it's always interesting when I've talked to you before and others, how some of the newer sports have become collegiate sports, i.e. bowling. Mm-hmm. And then I have a friend whose son is at another school with a fishing scholarship. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, this is pretty impressive and uh, doing well. But it's interesting. And then I know we talked years ago about starting a swim program here. My daughter swam at Transylvania, but we talked. And I worked with YMCA for a while. And that was just not very feasible mm-hmm. from a time standpoint with students here having to go to the Y. No reason for Wesleyan to have to build, like you say, pools. But those things are, are so interesting everywhere. But with that number of sports and athletes, that's awesome. Now, I know you track because you're required to, but our athletes do very well in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Share with the listeners how they're doing and some of the accolades that they get. Mm-hmm. So last year was one of our best years academically. So every year we do calculate our team GPAs. We take the fall and the spring to see how the students perform in the classrooms. And we have, when we calculate that, we calculate 21 teams because track, we split it into indoor and outdoor because those rosters can be a little different based Mm -hmm. on, some of it could be injury, some of it could be they'd rather participate more in outdoor than indoor. So they can be a little different in their setup, but we trace their academic progress through the year. And out of those 21 teams last year, we had 17 of those teams have a 3.0 GPA or higher. And the four that didn't qualify were, the lowest one we had was a 2.88. So we're right on task with with academic progress and our student athletes. 63 student athletes had a 3.5 GPA or higher. And from a classroom standpoint, which that's why the student athletes are here. Number one goal is to get their degree while they're participating in the sport that they love. 
And and I think we've been able to produce several well-rounded students to leave Tennessee Wesleyan and to go on and have great careers in the field of study that they perform. But, But we've been extremely proud of those accomplishments, not only athletically, but I think you got to celebrate what they do academically as well because there's a lot of athletics takes up a lot of their time not from just practices but also from the travel piece especially when you get to the spring side there's so many more games that they can participate in compared to say that your fall sports where soccer is playing 18 regular season games volleyball's at i believe 26 dates now basketball's 28 dates 28 games there's a lot that we put on them and for I think one of the big things that a student athlete gets to learn is that time management and how to multitask to to get everything done that they need to have completed I think that's why student athletes I think that's why employers love hiring student athletes because they are someone that can that can multitask to to accomplish what needs to be accomplished and as you and I know the discipline of Following that regimen, very important. You're absolutely right. Now, we've had some great teams here, Donnie, since you've been here. Share with the listeners our national championship squads that, that we've had the last few years. Yes. 2012, that's when we won our first uh, national championship here at Tennessee Wesleyan with our baseball program. And uh, I think that was a goal that we had been in the works for years. It started with Coach Norfleet. Coach Lawson took the program over, and then we had interim between Lawson and Coach Barry. We had Coach Bosk and Coach Moody kind of took the helm for one season, and then Coach Barry came in. And I think we had a, we just had a goal of, one, was to get to the World Series. That was always a goal of ours, was just to go experience that national tournament. And 2010, we were able to do that. We were able to get out there, participate in it, I think Coach Barry will tell you, we got out there and we just got overwhelmed by the lights of it. We were just happy to be out there, be able to experience that that final field of 10 teams. And then 2011, we go back out there, same result. We lose two games, come home, and then we qualify once again in 2012. And he had he changed his approach. He He stayed out there and watched the tournament in 2011. We were coming back. He said, do you mind if I stay and watch it? He said, I just want to see what it takes. So we were fortunate to go back out in 2012, and he changed his approach once he got out there. Much more aggressive in what he was doing uh, with that team. And we won that first game, which was one goal. Let's win. Let's get to play on Memorial Day. And uh, we got to Memorial Day. And we just kept advancing, and we got into that championship game. And just a huge accomplishment, not only for baseball, but for Tennessee Wesleyan, to be able to experience a national championship. We were able to do that once again in 2019, to have a national title in baseball. So that's our two team national championships. We've also won individual national championships in indoor track and outdoor track. We've got a 60-meter national champion. We've got a, the 4x100 national champion, and we got uh, a triple jump women's national champion, which was last year, Paige Manny, who's a local product here in McMinn County. She was able to go out and win the indoor triple jump national championship, which is, was the first female national championship that we've had at Tennessee Wesleyan. And then we've, we also, last year, we had a runner-up 
to the national title, and that was our men's tennis program. They were able to go out and, and uh, advance all the way to the national title match and uh, finish runner-up last year. Then we've, we've just had some incredible runs over the past 15 years with our teams at the national levels. Extremely proud of what they've been able to accomplish, and uh, I think it shows a, a lot that Tennessee Wesleyan, even though we're small, we can, we can go out there and compete with, with some of the bigger schools. How many countries are represented with our athletes right now? To give you a number, off the top of my head, I'm not sure, but it's well, I think it's over a dozen countries that are represented here with our student athletes. Good. Now, as we look forward to things that, and, and I'm working, folks, with the alumni now, Donnie and I have talked individually, and I have how we can get alumni engaged with helping the athletic programs, but what big projects are on your radar for the next three or four years that we might be able to get folks involved in? So we've got several ideas on paper of things we need to get accomplished over the next several years. And the first project that's in the works currently and we're fundraising for right now is uh, the Ben and Cynthia Wilson Tennis Center that uh, is going to be built uh, right outside the Bowling Co. Tennis Complex. Uh, that's going to provide locker room space, uh, coaching office, storage, uh, restrooms for our fans. When they come out and watch our, you know, our top-ranked men's and women's tennis teams, that's, that's in the works right now. We're hoping to be able to finish that fundraising over the next few weeks and be able to set a date to break ground on this center late spring once they complete their season in 2024. But we've got several other plans, and no particular order here. We've got plans for an indoor athletic complex that would allow our teams to go in when when the, the weather's not just perfect for us, right? We got an idea for that, <clears throat> a renovation of our soccer lacrosse complex. We're looking at doing some things there with the field, the bleachers, hopefully adding lights, locker room space up there it needs to be renovated I'd say renovated just needs to be, we need to redo that locker room space up there we've got some ideas on the board for our softball complex currently they they play out at Athens Regional Park we got some plans to try to get them on campus and then Rob Gymnasium enhancements we're looking at doing some things over there but once again it comes down to funding and then also at baseball our baseball complex at Athens Insurance Stadium, Jack Bowling Field, doing some further work up there as well. But like I said, it just comes down to funding. And uh, I think as we are able to put these plans in place and start those fundraising efforts, but it's just getting out there and, and having our alums want to support it and want to, to be a part of the growing enhancement of our athletic facilities. And that is important, Donnie. And I encourage to get on campus, come and see basketball games, soccer, women's softball, the baseball program. I'm trying my best in the last two to three years to do more of that when I had in the past. And it is important. And I think as the alums, certainly, and for you alums that are listening out there, to come back and, as we say, get engaged with the meeting, some of the coaches, some of the athletes, 
very important because I think at that point you'll see the reasons that we need these things that Donnie's talking about as well as hopefully being able to participate with your pocketbook. It's no, never a, a crime to ask for money for these things, but Donnie knows better than any of us how facility maintenance can just be a, a real bear in your day's work as well. Now, approach the fall season. Uh, we've got basketball, soccer, uh, what else is going on right now? Donna? Currently actively participating. Uh, basketball just opened up. Uh, our soccer teams are in postseason play currently. Uh, we still have an individual cross-country runner that's uh, qualified for the national championships. Our men's and women's bowling team are actively participating. And then here in the next few weeks, we'll open up with indoor track and field. We'll have a, we'll have a meet prior to Christmas before they get into their full season after the break. Mm-hmm. So that's our current teams that are participating. And then once we get to February, we open up the spring sport gates, and we'll have several teams at that point actively participating through their postseason play, which uh, tends to be late April and then into May with any teams that qualify for the national tournaments there for NAI. And nationals normally are after school is out? Are they June, July? For, uh, for spring sports, they, they are. All of our that we participate in with our spring sports are all held in May. Right. So once it's usually with our conference tournaments, we're right there at graduation. Baseball uh, has typically played the week of graduation with with our AAC championships. And I believe softball is moving to that week this year. They'll be playing during that week of graduation. And then right after graduation, that's when the sports we participate in, NAIA postseason opens up right after we graduate. That typically is that first weekend in May here on our campus is when that occurs. When is the biggest time, Donnie, for a different season, <clears throat> biggest times to recruit athletes, especially to a school like Westland? Uh, is it a year-round kind of thing? Every day. Every day. It's, a, it's an everyday process for our coaching staff. They're the ones that are charged with recruiting student-athletes, and they if they can recruit someone on any given day, they're going to do that. Okay. So one, they've got to they've got to sell that program to the student athlete because there's so many options out there now. They have so many places to choose from. So it's all about giving them the best opportunity to come in, participate, develop, play for championships because we want our student athletes to come enjoy and experience success. It's one thing to play it, but it's another thing to go out there and, and be great at what you do. And along the way, also, they got to take care of business in the classroom and uh, make sure that they're getting a great experience in their, their major of choice here on our campus. And the good thing for us is we've got some great academic programs that we offer here on our campus. So I think for us, it's, it's an easy sell to some of our students that come here to show them those programs we have out there. If you look at the Good Friends School of Business, and if you want to have a great business education, come to Tennessee Wesleyan, get that experience. I think you look at our, our Health and Human Performance Department and the growing offerings we have there, and now that we're entering grad programs with that department, we can see you can come here, you can get your undergrad degree, and then you can move right into that grad work. Any Anyone that's 
For us, you want to, you get a lot of individuals that want to coach once they leave here, right? So you go through that education program that we have here, and you get your degree, and you go through the process of getting your teacher certification, and you can go right into the coaching world. Because if you look around us and in our area here, just look at all the coaches that are in our area that are Tennessee Wesleyan alums. We produce so many of our local coaching products. I think our academic offerings help us sell that to the student athlete. Not only can you come in here and get a great experience of playing, but you can also come out with a great degree. I think it's an excellent point, Donna, that we do provide so, so many folks in education, coaching field with education. I was excited to be a small part of the occupational therapy. We've had one of our outstanding basketball players, Hunter Simpson, went right on, boom, into OT. And you're absolutely right. When they can see that, I think it makes us so much more agreeable and looking really good to provide that. Now, I'm going to wrap up, and as I said to you earlier, somebody wants to become an athletic director. You took a path that was set for you. Not every AD is going to wind up in athletic training, of course, and I think that was a great thing. But I'm coming to you and saying, all right, Coach, I want to become an AD someday. What are you going to tell me are some real super benefits and then share a little bit, like you said, of some of those stressful days and just say, all right, I want you to think about this before you get into this. I think from the athletic director standpoint, it just depends on what level you're trying to reach for. Like I said, for me, being at a small college, I think some of the the requirements that some of the bigger schools are looking for just don't exist. I think if you look at what's out there for some of your larger schools, business background, law background, some of those executive style professions is who they love to hire, right? For us, it's smaller college. You see a lot of coaches that transition into that role or just a lot of administrators at some point in their career that transition into the AD role. But what I tell our students when they come and ask me, when they say, what does it take? My first thing that I tell them is network. I said, yep, I tell them when you graduate here, your best option is to go out and, one, go get your master's. Go get a graduate degree. And as you are searching, look for openings in those departments because there's, a, there's many schools out there that are hiring graduate assistants. Go out, apply, try to find you one of those positions, and then you start from the ground and you work your way up through some of those, those positions that they have in, in their athletic departments. And as you do that, meet people, talk to people, get to know people, build that base for your network so that when these jobs come open, they're giving you a call and say, hey, we got this position. Would you love to be a part of it and apply for it? Uh, That's what I I advise our students here that come to me and ask, what does it take to get into athletic administration? And you gotta gotta start there. You got, I was lucky. I was at the right place at the right time, but not everyone's gonna have that fortune. So you gotta go out there and you gotta build up that network of, of athletic, professionals and and then go to meetings go to NACTA go out there and meet people get involved in any any of your associations at all for professional 
education as you move through the process. And, and hopefully, as you continue to learn and grow, you'll find yourself in a spot that may not be right off the bat, but there's so, several different professions out there that's in athletic administration. It doesn't have to be an athletic director. It could be external operations. It could be internal operations. It could be game day services. There's so many different paths out there that young professionals can get involved with to help them along the way in athletics. I think it's great advice, Donnie, I think. And let me say to the listeners that Tennessee Westland over the last few years, and we'll get Donnie back as the season winds down in the spring, talk about some of this, but have the college, excuse me, the university now, I'll call it college forever, received the, the conference sports awards, academic awards. Donnie has received ED of the Year awards, and he doesn't like talking about that, but I can say... We're very proud of that fact, and we'll get you back spring as we wrap up, see what other teams and athletes have gone on, perhaps some professional signees like we've had with baseball in the past, and go over that. But it's been great having you with me today, and we'll plan to do that. I hope that, that you can continue with the great seasons, plural, for all these teams. But thanks so much for being with me. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Enjoyed it, Shelley. Thank you so much. Great. Uh, Folks, as I say to each and every one of you, hope you have a safe and healthy day, and I'll see you a little further up the road.